I want to hear how this to turns a out. Burning ring of fire. Everybody jump. Dun, dun, dun. I walk the dinosaur. I can't do it myself. I only have one track to my voice. Hello, internets, and welcome to the A to Z Horror Cast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. If you still haven't yet, then I don't know what the fuck you've been doing, but go on down and listen to uh, some of the other awesome shows on the network. Check them out over at downrightcreepy.com slash phantom or at uh, the Phantom Podcast Network on whatever podcast app you use. Uh, but until then, you're stuck with us. Uh, I'm Jack, and sitting to my left this week, because he's in the same room, is Jake. Get the fuck out of here, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone who hasn't taken seven lovers in his life. It's Mark. That's me. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week we watched 1981's An American Werewolf in London. We'll get into that soon, which will be a lot of fun, but first, we've got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do Beers for Fears. Mark, what are your beers for these fears. So my selection this week is actually entirely reactive based off of what you guys are drinking. So you first. Wait, what? Do you have several things and you're going to choose? Because I guarantee you, I will give you $1,000 and watch every bad horror movie you want me to if you can tell me what we're drinking. Unless you've seen it, then I rescind that offer. I don't know. I feel like there's two layups. I went ahead and grabbed both. He hasn't seen it. He has no idea what we're talking about. Right <laughs> okay, now. good. Yeah, I'll give you $1,000 if you can tell me what we're drinking. Uh, Rainier? Nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess we'll get into it. I picked, you know, we got Jake in town in Boise this week. Uh, so he's over in my uh, palatial recording studio here. So he he tasked me with picking the beers for us this week. Jake, why bowl. don't you tell the uh, the listeners what I, what I chose? Here? It was a bad idea. You can tell the story of why you chose it, right? Uh, maybe. Oh, barely. <laughs> we're, drink- we're drinking Shiner Bach. <laughs> yes, we are. Now, Jake, if you Related. had to guess, why would you think we're drinking Shiner Bach? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I have no clue. So we're drinking Shinerbach because, um, you know, much like uh, our American friends in this movie and much like our friends in the pub, we did not forget about the Alamo. We remember it. Oh, my God. And Shinerbach is a, is a good old Texas beer from a small town in Texas. Um, also, I had to work a lot this morning. I didn't have a lot of time in the beer selection there. I think you were showing up at my house when I was showing up at the store to choose the beer. That's so correct. I, uh, I waited. Panicked a little bit and grabbed one. The first one I could cram into the space. So it was a panic maneuver. A little bit, yeah. Typical. Pretty, I'm really happy I let him Pretty typical. Yeah. <laughs> you have no one but yourself to blame on this one, Jake. Yeah, it is Jake's fault. Fair. Yep. Okay, well, I, you didn't take either layup, uh, so I guess I'll take both of them. The first one is I'm drinking a Guinness, yep. uh, which okay. is specifically requested in the movie. Yep. Uh, and then the second one is a song that is featured three or four times on the soundtrack. I'm drinking a Blue Moon. Okay. okay. I was go. wondering what that one would be. I was as well. you mentioned two layups, and I could only think of Guinness. So, th- that's fine. That's fine, Mark. That's fine. You did a good job. Yeah. I guess you win this week. <laughs> I saw the Blue <laughs> yes. Moons in the store today. I don't particularly like Blue Moon. Fuck Blue beer. Moon, man. Uh, I and... don't either, and this is their white IPA, which is one of the worst oh, white I- or, like IPAs of any kind. <laughs> uh, so I'm really taking a bullet for you on this. Yeah. But... Uh, whereas, I haven't had Shinerbox since we used to go to trivia in undergrad. So I'm enjoying the hell that's out of this. A, this is a, this is a little walk back memory lane. Except yeah. it's not in pitcher form being delivered by scantily clad women. That's true. Oh, well. What are you going to do? 
I miss those. I'll days. tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about what's been rocking our horror worlds. Oh yeah, has been a little while. Nailed uh, the Jake. transition game. Whoa, he's going right to me. <laughs> yeah, you've been traveling a little bit. Have you had much time to have anything else go on? Uh, in your I, horror world. I watched one movie this okay. week. Um, Get Out came out. Get Out came out on VOD this week, so I jumped on that because I didn't have a chance to see it in theaters. Um, this is not the spoilery section. It's a really fucking good movie. Just like Jack said when he watched it, he went to to it in theaters. So maybe we can shift the conversation in that direction. Peel is very well known now at this point for having said, if you don't see it in theaters, you aren't going to get the intended experience. And I still don't fully understand what he meant by that. <laughs> I thought it was a really good film. I'm wondering if that might have to do with like crowd reactions to the racial element of the film. And we kind of have to tiptoe around this, not to spoil it, but I, I don't know. Like, why would why is that a theater film? I mean, part of it is because he makes more money if more people see it in theaters. I know, but that's... And I... Right. You I'm on record up. as being yeah. like, that's a crock of shit. <laughs> I'm not going to see it in theaters because of that. Um, and in fairness, like, Jack bought enough tickets for all of us to go, like, twice. Yeah. So I do think man. I bought... I ended up buying... It's either six or eight total tickets for my wife and I to see that movie. We paid that man his money. <laughs> yeah, so I'm counting that as me having seen it in the theaters. Yeah, I spent over $100 on tickets to get out. Well, Jordan Peele appreciates your efforts. <laughs> I don't know if I would say that movie is worth $100. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, I did too. Um, few things I have problems with, but I have problems with every movie. Nothing's perfect. So definitely something you should see in terms of 2017 horror films. I can't really say much about it that hasn't already been said. So I'll throw it right over to you, Jack. All right. Um, I didn't have the chance to watch a horror movie this week, uh, extracurricular, uh, but I'm I'm a little bit classier than that. Uh-huh. I did uh-huh. go to the theater and I saw myself a horror play. Um, this is a puppet play. No, this is oh, not. I, I have some stuff to say about puppets I and horror. Did not. I, I do too. I did not get to see the okay. horrific Muppet Affair, which is something I I love here in Boise. Um, I did go to see uh, Wait Until Dark which is a play from the mid-60s that was then turned into a movie starring Audrey Hepburn, I think in 1967-ish. Oh, sure, the one where she's deaf? Uh, blind. Or blind, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How dare you, Mark? It's described by some people and by the producers of this particular play I saw as the grandfather of home invasion movies. Sure. Which, yep. frankly, I very much disagree with because there's a Frank Sinatra movie from like 15 years before that where he invades someone's home. But this, I, it's definitely like one of the original uh, home invasion movies. And it is very much a horror play. It's Dude, scary as shit. Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, OG home invasion. There you go. Yeah. And the but, uh, that that film, at least the, uh, the the movie, is known as having one of like the top ten scariest scenes of all time. But yeah. I mean, it's one of those like cinemaphile lists, so they yeah. go out of their way to include classics on there. But still, of course, I can't say I've seen the film. Uh, my wife has a number of times. She loves Audrey Hepburn, um, but the play actually did have a couple of scary moments and some scary concepts. It's a little bit trickier with the play because. They also try to bring some humor and some levity to it. And so it's, I think in a play, it's significantly harder to cross between that and then genuine fright uh, than it is in a movie. Um, Just because you have so fewer actors and so much more constrained resources. But I enjoyed the hell out of it. And I think uh, we're going to watch the movie coming up here pretty soon. Hmm. Yeah, Jack, I I was going to challenge you to do so and then report back to us on like how the two 
compare and contrast the, the play yeah. with the movie. That'd be interesting. <laughs> I'll, I'll write a book report on it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I really Can enjoyed this play and diorama? book. This is one of the best plays and books I've ever seen, and it's not even a book. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that joke fell flat. Well, what are you going to do? Mark. Mark. <laughs> I've got two. Okay. Uh, the first of which, I'm going to start with the less fun one. Um, Black Coat's Daughter, a.k.a. February, is out oh, yeah. on Amazon. So if you have Prime, you can stream it whenever the hell you want. Is it as boring as it looks? It's definitely a slow burn. I wouldn't okay. say that it's boring, because there's okay. stuff kind of constantly happening. Um, and it does have a pretty creepy air to it. Uh, but it's not, yeah, you're not sitting on the edge of your seat. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I, I think I'd give it a recommend if you're up for a relatively low-energy slow burn movie. Um I was about I, I was pretty darn confused by it. Not quite sauna level, but <laughs> okay. it's not it, it's not a linear sit back, relax, and watch the thing unfold before you without having to think about it kind of movie. There's things going on that aren't immediately obvious, and I might okay. just be an idiot, and it was the second of a double feature that we did after drinking a bottle of wine, so I might have just been in the incorrect headspace, but it did seem a little bit confusing, and I think I've heard that same uh, I don't really want to call it a criticism because I like the more complex movies, but that same comment shared across multiple other sites. So, okay. Fair enough. Just go in mind, re- go uh, with that in mind that it's going to be a little twisty turny. Um, I do. The acting was great in it though. And, and the shot and the cinematography in general uh, was great. And the movie actually went somewhere. I didn't really expect it to. I, I've seen a lot about this movie, but I honestly didn't know anything about the plot aside from girls in a school and weird shit happening. So I would agree with that. Yeah. That's what I know as well. <laughs> yeah. There's, so, uh, I'm not going to go down that road and spoil it at all. Uh, I think I'd Thank give it, you. A, I'd give it a tenuous recommend. This one is the one starring the young woman from Mad Men, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, she is also the voice of Janora in legend of, uh, Korra. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, and obviously also, uh, what's her name? Emma Roberts, Julie Roberts' niece or whatever, who's also in American Horror Story. I, I like, she, yeah, she's building up a little bit of a horror thing going on. I like that. Yeah, she's in Scream Queens. She's in this. She got the, obviously, American Horror Story. She's got a pretty good uh, CV going. Yeah, and I liked her in the first season of American Horror Story that she was in, which wasn't the first season, like third maybe. I did not like her in the... the uh, freak show season she was in she did not do a good job in that second season she didn't act good no she did not act good. i liked okay. i liked her in the freak show season but whatever i like her in everything <laughs> she's she's cute as a button okay don't get into the naomi, naomi watts discussion right now <laughs> all right mark what else did you watch okay so we were trying to find a oh movie boy. to watch this last week and i was scrolling oh through and i was like i could watch monster okay jake's already watched that i, I could watch black coat's daughter i'm not really sure i'm up for something that's serious right now and then and then i saw it uh, come across the queue. <laughs> I saw Axe Giant. It what the is, fuck is that? Well, it's a movie. I'm glad you asked, Jack. It's a movie about an axe giant. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> basically, like Paul Bunyan. It, yeah, it is a reimagining of the story of Paul Bunyan. Uh, uh, this sounds awesome. Hey, hey, Jake, I'd like you to turn around. I and know look I at saw that poster that. right behind you. What, what is that a poster of? Uh, Paul Bunyan and Babe. Yep, Babe's in there. Yeah, yep. so so according okay. to the lore of this movie, Paul Bunyan was like some guy who was born with a mental handicap, but he was go he was doomed or he was like cursed or blessed to be and this is basically a quote from the movie, three times as big and live three times as long. 
so <laughs> okay. Long story short, uh, he goes ham on a on a logging camp and kills everybody like back in the 1800s or whatever. So they lock him in a mine and then he escapes in modern day and goes after a band of misfit youths who are at like a boot camp. Wait, hold on. He's supposed to live three. <laughs> okay, I get it. I gotcha. Three times. So he lives like what? It was like 200 know. years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this movie sounds awesome so far. So, yeah, I mean, this is a great B-movie. Um, I'm pretty highly critical of movies that are, like, cognizant of the fact that they're supposed to be bad and go full out on nailing the bad. This movie does that to some extent, but for some reason, I, they sell it better than other movies have. I mean, there's some very over-the-top and silly acting in this, obviously. Uh, yeah. but if you're going to, if you're looking for a B movie and you're going in knowing that like the effects and acting are going to be terrible, uh, give, give this one a watch. Why not? It's available on Amazon. Yeah. All right. I've got to, before you move on. Okay. Uh, Mark, when you mentioned sauna, I remembered that I had watched another movie this week. <laughs> Good <Shit>. work. So <laughs> let that tell you whatever you'd like considering I forgot about it. Um, I watched another Finnish movie. I watched Bodum, which just came out on Shudder. Oh, nice. And I actually don't know why I forgot about it. It was decent. <laughs> it was fucking beautiful, I can tell you that much right now, when Shudder was actually allowing it to stream and not just pausing for no reason like it always does. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It went in a direction that I wasn't expecting. Um, I went in with low expectations, which I do think helped. It's not a like fantastic, amazing movie by any stretch, but... I would give it a recommend to really anyone who's a fan of the genre. Do you guys have any questions? What's the general nature of this movie? I don't remember it. This is the movie that is about some kids in Finland who are going to a lake that in the 60s, Got it. kids were Got murdered it. in a tent. I remember it. We did talk about this on HRR. I knew I recognized the name. Didn't yes. remember the general premise. This did look gorgeous. Yes. And it's not necessarily what you think it is, which is good. I how similar is it to Friday the 13th cuz that plot sounds very similar to Friday the 13th. Very dissimilar. Okay. Okay. It has I mean it has similarities but there are more differences than there are similarities. How's that? How similar is it to the movie oh, Sauna? Jesus. How similar is it? It's more similar to Friday the 13th, the 13th than Sauna, Mark. Okay. Are you satisfied? Is there is there like a comparable American <laughs> analog? Why do you need that? I don't know. I'm just I'm asking questions. I'm keeping the conversation um, going. Jake said like yeah, six words about the it's movie. It's really so. zipping. Yeah, you're helping the situation right now. <laughs> just watch it. Okay. In Mark's defense, he is preventing me from talking about this American Tall Tales cassette tape I used to have oh, Jesus. that I would listen to every night as I fell asleep about Paul Bunyan, Johnny Appleseed, John Henry. It was great. John Henry is a different story. We can talk about him. He is a steel driving man. Feature presentation. <laughs> Let's go. It it was horse shit because Johnny Appleseed was in between Paul Bunyan and John Henry. And it was like, what the fuck's the point of Johnny Appleseed if I have Paul Bunyan, a better Johnny Appleseed, and then I have John Henry? What I'm never going to listen to that Johnny Appleseed story. So we watched An American Werewolf in London this week. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, this was a Mark pit. Mark, uh, this was your blind spot, as I recall? Yep. I have never seen this movie before. Boo! <laughs> I mean, I'd, I've seen it now. 
Have you seen bits and pieces of it? (laughs) He still hasn't seen it. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, no. I had never seen any of this movie whatsoever. How is that fucking possible? Because I will relay this. I will admit that I had never, to my recollection, I'm sure I did when I was a kid, but sat down and watched this start to finish. I think I've seen it more before than now? 20 times before now. What the fuck? Like, it's always on in the background, but I, I've always felt like I've seen it so many times that I can get up and go do something while it's on and come back for the great scenes and say all the great lines. That's fine. And when I'm sure I did at some point, but I think I was such a little kid when okay. that happened. The first, I've always felt like I've seen this. This movie is in the yearly rotation, if not multiple times a year for me. Really? Yes. Okay. Damn. Oh, yeah. I, I have never seen anything about the transformation scene, Mark. Uh, not really. Maybe like a still or something. But wow, that's fascinating! Wow, yeah. dude, it was a full-on blind spot. I feel like it was. A I will say, I think you win the blind spot yeah. category. I think this is the 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 best exemplification of a blind spot uh, that that any of the three of us picked. I don't even remember what mine was. <laughs> I, I picked uh, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors. Oh, that's right. I don't remember. What... Oh, mine was let the right one in. Yeah. So this is by far the yeah. best of our blind spots. I yeah. Think. Well, you yeah. know, I bring my A game to this podcast, you guys. You sure do. So, what did you know about this movie? What, like, presumably, you've heard us talk about it before. Uh, if you say you no. guys haven't <laughs> said, you guys haven't said a whole hell of a lot about it. Aside from there was a small conversation in our pet cemetery review regarding talking to a ghost that's just sort of following you around. <laughs> Got it. That's similar. And then I also just knew what was encapsulated in the title that there's this American guy and he's a werewolf and he's in London. Yeah. So did you know it was a kind of comedy horror movie? Nah. Wow. I okay. guys, I know but almost knew... nothing about this movie. But okay. You... We'll get into all of that soon, but Mark, you picked this movie. We can berate you later. Right now, you need to give us a 30-second plot synopsis. 30 seconds around the goddamn clock. It's going to start when you start. A couple of best buds are backpacking through the backcountry of uh, Britain, and they stumble across the moors into a uh, into a pub called the Slaughtered Lamb. Uh, it's kind of awkward when they act- ask about a pentacle and they're told to leave, but to stay off the fucking moors. So what do they do? They go straight to the fucking moors and get attacked by a werewolf. It kills one of the guys, maims the other dude. He wakes up in a hospital sometime later with amnesia. Kind of know he says he was attacked. No, they say he was attacked by a lunatic. He knows he was attacked by a wolf. He uh, turns into a werewolf, obviously, and rampages around London while falling in love with his time. <laughs> what? How did you do that badly? <laughs> I feel so much better about Sama now because I did that atrociously, but this was just a botch job. Guy I gets felt bit like by I a werewolf turns well. into a werewolf. Huh? <laughs> a guy gets bit by a werewolf turns into a werewolf, kills some people, and then dies. That's the whole movie. That's basically what I said. But you got nowhere near that. I think the tape will say that I did. <laughs> he wakes up in a hospital, falls in love with a nurse, turns into a werewolf, rampages across London. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> all right <laughs> what what key points am i missing here let's just no you spent a decent amount of time on the awkwardness of the slaughtered lamb it's an important scene sure it's a good scene there's a it's pentacle a, they're all good scenes yeah they are they're all good scenes <laughs> all right <laughs> all right i don't even know where to go after that that was just atrocious well, you guys we can't talk suck. about what I did, the fuck I did subgenre great i had alliteration built in there we can't talk about what in the fuck subgenre of horror it fits into mark Here's what the first one it fits into. Uh, sure. Does this count as monster? I think it counts as monster. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's it's unique in the monster genre because it shows you the monster kind of right off the goddamn bat. Yeah. Not right off the bat, but the transformation. It doesn't shy away from showing you everything in the transformation. 
Um, where, but then it later becomes monster after he's transformed. It doesn't. Sh- it only shows you. Yeah, it, little it's, bits it's, out it's of kind frame. of funny how it does like a. It does a grand reveal in terms of him transforming, and then it goes through the steps that you would see in a monster reveal afterwards. Yeah, so I like that. That's just, pretty interesting. They just slid it in there, man. Just yeah. Okay. Uh, Jake, how about you? Another subgenre of horror. Comedy. Com- yeah. Yeah, I it's mentioned a John that Landis one. movie, dude. Like, it has all the Landis hallmarks. Like, he's fresh off Blues Brothers. He did Animal House. He's Couple like years before that, right? He's in his prime Landis yeah. right now, and it, it shines through. And and even more so, because there aren't a lot of out-and-out jokes in this movie, but the oh scenes are fucking God, hilarious. They're so good. They're so funny. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'll yep. go with the, one of the other layups. It's It's a classic. This one's a little bit on the cult classic side of things. It didn't do that well when it first came out, but I think this is inarguably a classic horror movie. Mark, that's why you picked it as your blind spot, I think. Yeah, that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Uh, Mark, uh, let's go around the horn again. What else you got? Uh, Sure. Does this count as foreign? I frankly don't know where this was made. I I assume it's... It's a a U.S. film that they filmed in Britain. They did film it in Britain, but it's a Landis movie. It's an American movie. Okay, I'm going to go with foreign-ish. Foreign-ish, sure. Are you going to add that to the list? Yeah, foreign comma Foreign comma, not foreign. Foreign <laughs> comma-ish. Jake, how about yourself? What else you got? Ah, dude. Because he went with foreign-ish. I, yeah. I have no idea at this point. From now on, a movie set anywhere but America is a foreign movie. Yeah, it wasn't set in the U.S., so it must be foreign. I, I, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. I, I think there's elements of a splatter flick, um, especially oh, yeah. for the time. No. Especially for the time. When you first see Jack, and then <laughs> you yeah. later see the the first of of his Dave's victims, um, that, David defined David Dave. You're I, on a Davey? Yeah, we're buds. Buddy, buddy, Dave and I are then. buds. I I, I will admit the fucking not to like go wah to the end, but the the end <laughs> <laughs> where where the car the extended car crash happens. Jeez, oh my so god, good. it's so good. It's oh so my over god, the it's top great. and preposterous. Piccadilly yeah. It's like Landis was nuts. like, I did this great, I did these great car chase scenes and car crashes in the Blues Brothers, but I couldn't like decapitate people and run them over and like <laughs> sever their limbs. So here's all so of that is. crammed into one scene. It was so good. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> and it's like, I'll give it to it's you. like 45 seconds of straight car crashes. It's one of my favorite scenes in the history of movies. And the and funny thing also- is, it's not even the best scene in this movie. No. Oh, by far, yeah. Yeah. Mark, what else you got? Any other subgenres? Uh, well, I think you guys have kind of already said that we're running out of space here, but the only one I would potentially also say is ghost. There's a yeah. good amount of ghost. There are ghosts. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's also the the. They're scene... not really ghosts though. Ghost, comma, not ghost. Ghost, comma, undead. <laughs> I think we. I am actually pretty certain that we have already added ghosts, comma, not ghosts to the list. So. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's your wheelhouse, Mark. <laughs> um, there's also weird religious symbolism in exactly one scene of the movie that is never discussed again. Yeah, we're or nope. <laughs> they discuss it again because the doctor goes back to that bar and discusses. Yeah, it. Yeah, and they have the same discussion for another thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, and he just like I don't know two sips of a Guinness and then leaves. They discuss the religious symbolism in the way that I would discuss it. Hey guys, I want to bring something up. <laughs> Can we talk about hey, that? Why is that on the wall? <laughs> Can we Get talk the about fuck that out of here? For one oh, second? okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess um, it keeps the werewolf away for some reason. I guess. Werewolves hate Satan or or witches I, or something. Yeah, Jack implies that they're using witchcraft to ward off the werewolf, which is interesting and confusing. 
But maybe these people are just trying whatever. They, these are just simple British folk. They don't know. Hey, man, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's broke. It's not working. They're, they're it's, not it's getting attacked broke. by the werewolf. The werewolf they can't are. come off the moors, man. <laughs> uh, fuck. Okay. Why, why is that, though? It's... There's it can. There's absolutely no reason. Yeah, I don't think there's anything saying it can't. The witch, it just hasn't. Which David clearly evidences werewolves do not care where they go. Witchcrafts. <laughs> the witchcraft okay. says that it it's, can't oh, come into so town. Oh, so it is the okay. So it's working. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Fine. I don't think you said that. <laughs> I don't think you're listening to me. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know where to go from here. We're out of subgenres. Mark ruined it. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about the goddamn movie, Mark. Okay. This was your blind spot, so this is the first time you've seen it. Give me your general 30,000-foot view, first impressions, go. It was funny. I wasn't anticipating uh, werewolf Nazis with submachine guns. Oh, God, that scene is so good. <laughs> that seems the be- that's the best scene in the movie. This I don't was know about that, though. Definitely. That, no, Mark's right, because that scene has the Muppets in it. Dude, I have a lot to say about the Muppets right now, and I don't know. I can always talk I, about the Muppets. So, okay, so I had to fly across the country yesterday to get back here. This is going to in a weird place. I, I'm so excited. You have, like, the video screens, right, in your seat back in front of you? Yeah. That you can watch things on? I like to listen to music. I don't watch things on flights, so I popped it on the well, flight tracker you. thing. I know. I'm <laughs> Popped it on the flight tracker, right? So it's like, and our trajectory, we were over Michigan, and Wisconsin for quite a while because sure. that's where we like peaked and then started to come south. And it's one of those things where it has the borders that include the bodies of water. So like where it would fall in the Great Lakes. And I can't recall having seen the border of Michigan in such a way before. Or maybe I just hadn't fixated on it for as long. That shit looks like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> like mouth so this... far agape just eating Wisconsin. This is what you had to say about the Muppets. It looked that like Lake Kermit. Michigan kind of looks like Kermit the Frog. No, the whole state of Michigan. So Michigan, <laughs> Kermit, Michigan's Kermit. <laughs> wow, that's good analysis. I had some stuff to say. I, yep. So, <laughs> this is, I think this, the scene, Mark, that you brought up, which is when David is in the hospital having nightmare hallucinations about shit. Right? Yeah. Uh, this, yeah. So, I mean, after the attack, the after the attack, he's like recovering. Right. Right. This particular scene, he's dreaming about being home with his family in America. Yep. And he's, his little sister is watching the Muppets, specifically Michigan. season five of the Muppet show. Michigan. Uh, Michigan. I didn't say. I heard it was an episode that never aired in the U.S. I have not heard that. I know it's season five. I've I'm seen the sure episode. It's an episode that didn't air in the US. Um, okay, I on TV. Yeah, we have the ability to be digital natives and like yeah, the, it started in the eighties. So. Yeah, um, and the, the scene is also great because it's talking about I don't want to be subjected to this kind of violence and shit. Right in the show, it's a show within a show, and then these horrible Nazi monster zombie things come in and slaughter. Everyone. And that's a scene that gets better every time I see it, right? Because it's pretty out there. Yep. And, like, I don't think until this viewing, I remember having seen the kids, like, face down, just covered in blood. Like, there's so <laughs> much blood. You it know what so I good. don't think I remember about this? I remembered about this scene? Frank Oz is credited in the credits of this movie. I always assumed just because, you know, Miss Piggy and whatever. Yeah. No, he's the American ambassador that comes and visits David in the hospital. Oh. That's Frank Oz. Wow. It's so awesome. It that certainly comes sense. It certainly comes out of left field. Like, yeah. most... Is that the first dream sequence? I feel like it's, like, the second no. one. 
There, well, there's so many of them, it's kind of hard to keep tabs, but there, there's like the one where he's just running naked. This, okay, we watched two movies in a row where there was so much Dong Hung. Like, <laughs> we've been watching a lot of Dong. There have been so much Mark's looking at me. My wife was pleased with this movie. She did remark how there is a significant amount more male nudity than female nudity in this movie, despite the opportunity to have a tremendous amount of female nudity. They could have at least made it equal footing, like they, done do something. Sometimes equality means making stuff not equal to correct for the mistakes of the past. There's no Jake. side boob, even. There isn't. I mean, there's some Any... male side boob. <laughs> there's side dong. There's also side dong. There's side, side sack, testicle. Too. Yeah. Side ball. <laughs> in any case... Um, there's a whole sequence of the film where he's like running around naked and then there's the one with the hospital bed and sort of jump scare facial thing. And then that one happens. I think I might be getting that slightly out of order now. Yeah. I mean, I guess my point is it's the first like utterly absurd thing that happens. Like it's, it's a normal movie is ish. And then all of a sudden there's werewolves wearing Nazi attire storming into somebody's living room. I don't know if this is a normal movie from the jump, dude. <laughs> it's the pretty The very normal. first line, uh, is it? What? Okay, so what's like the ab... I, what's the abnormal shit that happens? Just the dialogue is so Landis and weird. Well, but Landis yeah. had made movies. It's I know, and it feels Landis. like that. None of those are normal. They're all very weird. They're, but they, they, they feel normal now. They feel like that era now to me, because Landis' nah. movies are so good. Well, well you have okay, to, that's just what we choose to watch from that era. You have to be able to recognize that there's a difference between, like, atypical Landisian dialogue and nazi werewolves with submachine guns yeah there's, okay, that's there's a gap there's in reality level. there yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh shit so i mean that's one of the things that hit me is this goes zero to 60 in a way that i don't think i've ever seen another movie do that before it hits it hits the wall to bonkers quickly yep. yeah 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 goes full bonkers um, yeah my wife had never seen this movie either I don't know how this is possible. I don't know how you guys have seen this so many times. Like, I, I, because I've never... if, really, after seeing it, can you really ask me that question? Yes, I just did, and I just Mark? saw it. So I mean, Mark, Mark, <laughs> are you not going? <laughs> You're not going to give this a ten like I am? Oh my god! If you give this a ten, my I justified. Yeah, my quest will be complete. I'll have to. I'll, I'll get to stop Mark, fucking upward. I mean, the long and short is, I've seen this so many times because it's a great fucking movie. Like, I don't know what you want me to say. Review spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Jake gives it a 10. So See you next Mark, week, listener. Did you, did you, had you heard about the effects in this movie being tremendous? Had you, because this is cited as an example of like great practical effects. Not really. Uh, I mean, the, uh, the Netflix, dude, you, Jake's shaking we his head. We could just spend in this entire episode talking about how is this his blind spot? Like, how <laughs> does this blind spot exist in nature? I, I mean, the answer to that question is it's a blind spot. That's how it, like, I just, that's the, the definition of a blind spot. It's we need, something we need you to unpack blind spot, air quotes. <laughs> like A to Z whore unpacking blind spots. I mean, the extent to which this was a blind spot was I've never really, I've never seen it. And I've never really talked about it. I never heard anyone else talk so about it. So it's, it's interesting because this, this movie won the first ever Oscar for what became uh, hair and makeup. They, like, made that fucking category for this shit. Because they saw it and they are like, oh, God. No, they made it... <laughs> right? Because, no, they made it, essentially... The, the theory no. is that the Elephant Man came out the year before and didn't win anything. And people got so upset that the Elephant Man didn't win anything. I think it's about this. That then they made it and this won it. I think it's about this. Because, motherfucker, what's the guy's name who did the effects? Fuck me. Jesus. Uh, Scarecrow! Rick Baker is the gentleman who did most of the effects on this movie. And... He used 
not only prosthetics, not only makeup, but actual robotics and animatronic shit to attach to the actor who played David's hands and feet to, to, to get this feel for the transformation. Mark, what did you think of the transformation scene? Oh, it's great. Were you expecting it to be that extended and that just so dead focused? They don't shy away from showing you all of it. Sort of. And the reason <laughs> is because the cue card thing on Netflix, the hero image on Netflix, is, is trans- yeah. of him mid-transformation. I hate that so it's much. It's the snout. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so sucks. I think without that, I wouldn't have, but I knew there was going to be at least some intense practical... Well, there has to be a transformation scene in a werewolf movie for it to be a werewolf movie. Right. Yeah, That's... but there's a lot of ways you can handle that, right? Like you can just this kind is of... the right way. This Well, yeah, because they show it. They show all of it. <laughs> I think that is a good benchmark of how to judge a werewolf movie is how do they handle the transformation. That's like, yeah. And that's because that's of this benchmark. movie. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I'd go back all the way to like the Wolfman and how they handled it with Chaney and the hair. Also girls, awesome that this movie references Chaney and the Wolfman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, Jack in the, the pub is talking about the Wolfman with well, Chaney. Jack is there for a lot of good reasons, but one of the many reasons why Jack is there is to kind of like go back and be winking about the history of werewolf movies. And this clearly breaks the mold. Like there are the silver bullet scenes and all that. It's usually when he's talking to David after he's dead. Most things involving Jack's are of a high quality. Oh, favorite, favorite character (laughs) by far. So what did this movie do? Right. That, (laughs) <laughs> I mean, effects, undeniably. The effects are great. The only effects I don't really like, they kind of explain it away. I don't like the way his healed up wounds look in the hospital a couple of days after... Right, the doctor says his wounds were all dressed before I got there. They don't look dressed. They look like years old scars. Well, they said he'd been out for three weeks, which I don't get. Because they were like, yeah, you're a little banged up. You've been unconscious for three weeks. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you've, been in a, you've just been in a coma? Yeah. You're a little banged up. Yeah. Got a nick. Just a he had light. An upper, he had an upper coma. body injury. Now, when he's wandering around shirtless, is the handprint on his chest not in the hospital scene? Is that from the sex he had with the the nurse, or is that from a wound from the werewolf? Uh, it's supposed to be the werewolf. Okay. It it looked like it could have been a, a handprint from the sex. I don't know. That no. sex scene is so bizarre. That was that was the thing my wife talked about the most, having seen this movie for the first time, is this is such a weird sex Everything scene. Everything in this movie is weird and bizarre, and it comes out of nowhere, man. Okay, I have, a, I have a legitimate question, Jake, for you. Mark, you will not be able to answer this question. Oh, God, I don't think I will either. Wikipedia notes that they play the song Bad Moon Rising by CCR during the sex scene. That was never the no, thing. No, that was right? that was uh, Moondance. Yeah, Moondance. Or no, I'm not I'm sorry. No, no, they don't play any famous song during the sex scene. They play the Moondance song a little bit at the start of it, but but Wikipedia yeah, says it was. they play CCR during the sex scene. No, Bad Moon Rising is when he's uh, walking around the apartment yeah. trying to figure out what to do. Walking yeah, around the well, flat. Wikipedia can be wrong. It allows idiots like us to I'm get just, on there. I'm just making sure that that's never that wasn't in a previous version, and this is some kind of director's. Cut. To my knowledge, no, I've only seen okay. Bad Moon Rising happening during the pacing around scene. Good. Okay. Yes. Just just the thought I clear that the up. The sex scene was Moondance, and it's bizarre. It's all bizarre. <laughs> Actually, that's a really good transition. Uh, one thing that is just infinitely charming about this movie is the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's, it's so on the nose, but hilarious. Uh, yeah. It's really too bad this came out before Bark at the Moon came out. 
because that would have also been a good inclusion. But you know, well, and I guess so. Here, I, here's the other thing: if we're talking music, I, he's going to say what we're, we're going to get to. Werewolves of London okay. by Warren Zevon. Yeah, that song came out three years before this movie. Yeah, okay, four years. It's and the director still hasn't explained why. Yeah. he didn't include it in exactly. the movie. He's it, clearly not afraid to hit things on the nose. Maybe it's too on the nose. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's too on I the nose. I don't know, man. It's really weird. Um, as an update, I did just read Wikipedia again, and I was I was just wrong. It doesn't say that it played during the sex scene. Jesus Christ, Jack. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, my God. I mean, I guess, like, yeah. So, David Naughton, who plays David, and then Griffin Dunn, who plays Jack, like, asked, straight up went to Landis, and they were like, why no werewolves of London? And he just, like, stone-faced him. <laughs> I guess. It's just, like, a joke to him. <laughs> like, he's like, nah, I'm not even gonna explain it. It's just, like, a crispy situation. It is, like, a guy we went to college with. That's actually, that's actually a really funny joke, if he's just, like, it's so obvious and on the nose that I'm just not going to include it and never tell anyone why. That's fucking yeah. hilarious. He's that like seems Blue like Moon, Landis. He's playing Bad Moon Rising. He's playing Moon Dance. Dance. Every, so- every song has the word moon in it. Yeah. I guess well, he tried to get Moon Shadow and fucking Cat Stevens just straight up said no. Dicked him out of it. Uh, yeah. it's, it is also a shame that uh, Fur by Blitz and Trapper hadn't come out yet because that would fit right in too. Yeah, well that doesn't say moon in it, does it? No, but it does talking about turning into a werewolf. <laughs> Mm, or less, just less a, wolf, a werewolf maybe. and more just like just a human who behaves wolf. like a wolf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you grow fur with two R's. For my flesh had turned to fur, yeah, and my thoughts they surely were turned to instinct and obedience to God. The other item that's incredibly, <laughs> uh, that we haven't totally touched on yet, but is, is, is awesome about this movie is the makeup of Jack when you first see him. Maybe not in the later half of the movie, but the oh first time God, you see the so maimed good. corpse of Jack. So you're talking about before he becomes zombified, when it's just the wounds? Yeah, when the, when he's still in the hospital, it's when the first time you meet him. He shows up in the fucking hospital room, and David's... The, fir- the first thing you say when you see the ghost, like, <laughs> just disgustingly maimed ghost of your friend, is to say, get the fuck out of get here, Get the Jack. fuck out of here, Jack. Well, <laughs> then Jack's first words are, can I have a piece of toast? <laughs> Like, it's so good. <laughs> that whole scene's so good. And it's all good. I mean, wouldn't it be kind of... That was one thing that hit me a little weird in this. So, Dave's reaction to Jack David. getting pounced on by a wolf is to fucking run away. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> You're telling me a werewolf bounds into the room right now and attacks one of you. You're not going to, like, help the other guy? I mean, I have a number of knives on my person. I'm going to help. I would, I, I would also help. I wouldn't just sprint away. So it, it's also interesting because they're doing the backpacking across Europe thing, and that makes it hard to have a lot of knives because England is so goddamn messed up. You, you need to have a driver's license to buy scissors sometimes. It's fucking bizarre. But I, I still carried a number of knives when I backpacked across Europe. That, great, great story. Really, bring it home. Way to I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I would not have run away. Mark, if you were being slaughtered by a wolf beast, he would have ever me though. So yeah, yeah I think you we're, running, I think yeah. we're all coming to the same conclusion here that you, Jack, you and I, we have our backs. If Jake gets attacked, we're just gonna fucking book. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's as why long, we brought Jake along in the first place. Yeah. As long as it's on the table, I'm good with it. <laughs> well, and and Jake, just to be clear, this also gives you the ability to book it if either of us gets attacked. Um, that does give me a lot of leverage, Mark. I like it. Yeah. But thing then is, if though, I Jake's choose an not unexpected to, hero, yeah. yeah. If I choose not mm-hmm. to, it becomes all the more heroic. Yep. Mm. Okay. We're writing a movie. Deal. 
We're writing an American Werewolf in London. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> Better than fucking American Werewolf in Paris. I kind of like that one. Guys, 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 let me pitch something to you. An American Werewolf in America. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Should we be writing this down? <laughs> we gotta write this down. We need some beers. Let's get some beers, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am actually gabbing a beer. I just finished mine, so... <laughs> You also just elbowed the mic, which was really great for the listener, I'm no, sure. No, I didn't. I elbowed Jake. <laughs> We're sitting close. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, my God. What did this movie do right? What else did this movie do right? <laughs> I think we've covered what, what it did right. Let's, let's move uh, to what no, it did No, no, no. There's other things. That, I want to talk about other things it did right. Holy shit. See? We've been talking See? for days. See? And See? It's, it's all... The other See? stuff is Landis's comedy, but I want to hit on a few more specific points. I'd like to talk a lot more about the Muppets, but I won't, because not all heroes wear capes. I'll be professional. Uh... But yeah. there's so much about Landis's comedy that comes through here, and and it's my favorite part of all of that is when David wakes up in the zoo and he's naked in the zoo. His whole good. sequence of getting out of the zoo really is good. the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Hey, little boy, <laughs> come here. I'll give you a pound. I'll give you two pounds. The kid's like, if you're gonna, if you're a thief, why are you offering to give me money? I'll like, show you. I'll show you. <laughs> And then he just grabs the balloons and puts them around his dick and, like, flees. I love it so much. And then the, the zoom, that's followed immediately by the zoomed out shot of him booking it through the zoo with balloons around his crotch. It's, that is perfect. And that's why Animal House was great. But right? there, yeah. I mean, there are so many, the way Landis films comedy and his scenes are, like, a scene starts and it's an abrupt transition from what was happening. And there is immediate strangeness. Yeah. So it's like the subway scene when they're out of the hospital and he's just making faces while these like fucking punk rockers are making out. <laughs> Makes no sense. The transformation scene, for God's sake, there's an abrupt transition to him just sitting there reading and like half a second later, he's just full bore transition. There's like no lead in whatsoever. Landis is really good at just hitting you in the face. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's it's also great that he he steals the woman's bright red coat and then makes it back to her apartment. And, and yeah. it, it feels kind of natural because he's not freaking all the way out. He's freaking out, but he's also happy to see her. He kind of thinks, I blacked out. I did something weird happened. I yeah, don't he, know I what. don't know. I feel like he should be more concerned about this situation, <laughs> especially considering how concerned he was of turning into a werewolf before, how he wasn't, like, putting two and two together at that point. So none of us have ever woken up in a zoo before, but Damn members close. of our friend group have woken up in places as strange as a zoo, oh, yeah. I would say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's happened. You don't know me. <laughs> So we still have some mystery in our relationship, Jack. Ooh, that's sexy. Yeah. I okay. I don't know if it was going to come up if I don't mention it now. But just kind of piggybacking off what Jack said about Landis's comedy and great scenes. Another one for me, and probably my favorite scene in the movie, is the final conversation with Jack and the other ghost at this point, and ultimately his final transformation in a porn theater so you have like all this heavy conversation theater. going on and in the background there's just there's, like the porn music so, and like the really oh, the moaning and, well and the porn that's happening is so weird like dude busts in he's he like, shows you a little bit beef. of the plot of the porno yeah but it's all like so weird it's like beefcake busts in and he's like gonna go ham and they're like we've never seen you and he's like oh and then he just leaves and then there's like naked woman sitting there answers a the phone like ordering pizza i want to watch a porn directed by landis Oh, it'd be so so good. And that porn's name was See You Next Wednesday, by the way. <laughs> so I love it so much. It's this is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. It just so happens to be a horror movie. 
Uh, I thought you were going to go with uh, the scene where he's trying to get himself arrested, and he starts shouting things about, like, Shakespeare being French. <laughs> oh, that I mean, that's good, too, but every single scene is good, so... Yeah. You know, it is a gotta... pretty funny movie. All right, so what what do we talk... Let's talk about what it did wrong, and, and I don't think we're going to have too much here. Mark? Uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't have a, a huge amount of, like, serious things to complain about. The later scenes where... Jack has fully deteriorated into just a, a skeleton. There's no good way to animate a skeleton talking. Yeah. Yeah. No. And this is not good at all. <laughs> no. no. Not even a little. Well, at least they kind of... I don't know. At least they kind of hide it. They don't... I mean, it is still practical. And they yep. kind of hide it with the darkness of the porn theater and distract you from thinking about it because of the weird porn that's happening. So also porn theaters are still baffling to me. What's the goddamn point? I feel like it would I feel like it would be a good know. it would be a boon for like a very small portion of people. But and then everyone else would be turned away. I, I feel like it's for people who want to watch porn and not jerk off, which Mark makes it like probably right up your wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, unfortunately there really aren't that many porn theaters in Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> They're looked down upon here. Right, because, I mean, my natural inclination regarding porn is for jerking off. And you do that, you're going to up in a Paul Rubens or Super Dave kind of a situation, and that's not good. Let's just linger on that for a minute. Just just <laughs> let that it. sink in. Let it simmer. No editing. The world didn't turn against Super Dave in the way it did against Paul Rubens. <laughs> my favorite thing is to just dead silence, and then Jack will eventually just keep talking about whatever he was just talking about. <laughs> I mean, is it because Super Dave was a lot more charming when he was before the porn theater incident than Paul Rubens was? Paul Rubens was a weirdo prior to the porn theater incident. Then that happened. Super Dave was just a nice old guy who everybody loved. Okay, that's enough of this. <laughs> Do <laughs> either of you guys have any, any, any complaints about else? this? I don't. Oh, I honestly don't. That was really it, huh? I got nothing. This is too deep in my psyche to have me. I, I got. There's nothing wrong with this movie. The porn part? No. The the porn. The existence of porn theaters is weird, but that's not the movie's fault. Got it. Uh, I mean, I already like. I had a minor quibble with the fact that he'd been out for three weeks for some reason. That yep. was just kind of blown over. There, I, there are a few logical I, inconsistencies, but it's a fucking Landis movie. I'm not going to dwell on it. And I brought up my minor issues with yeah. his cuts looking like years old scars rather than cuts when he first shows up at the hospital. But right. the only the only times during the movie where I thought the pacing suffered a bit were when they were in the slaughtered lamp. Yeah, and, and actually and when they go so back, the doctor, when the doctor goes yeah, back there, that was the. That was the worst part, air quotes, of the movie. That's not saying it was bad. It was unnecessary. It started to it started to get a little slow. I think it might have just been the way it broke compared to the way the rest of the film kind of progressed made it a bit difficult. Yeah. You well, and that actually Mark? gets at something that is... I, I guess I misspoke earlier when I said I didn't have anything else to say, but as a larger arc, it does... The, me the story is a bit meandering. You know, oh, yeah. there's a lot of dream sequence shit happening. Like, if you were to cut out, if you were to just to show the things that actually happened, this movie would be like a solid 20 minutes shorter. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, there's also the issues, I mean, very minor stuff that's been talked about before, right? This is downtown London. You can't break into someone's apartment through their front window and just have that be a normal thing I know. that everyone's okay with. <laughs> Dude, the 80s Or if you time. do... 
if you do live in downtown London, you should absolutely not make it so that someone could break into your front window that easily. Another random fact about this movie, I'm kind of like Mark with saunas. I have random (laughs) wolf facts for this movie. That flat in London, they found a flat on Lupus Street. That's awesome. That's like... (laughs) And That's it's not, it doesn't awesome. come in for no reason at for all. none other so than great. their own satisfaction. Well, this is also why Landis was such a brilliant director because they filmed in London, but it also has such a London feel, right? The punks on the subway are Feels so real. not American punks. Yeah, that's very British. That's so yeah. what punks in London are and so different from how they feel here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It was actually, so like there was a cap or something on the number of Americans that were involved in this film. Like they didn't want to allow. I think it was like there were four or five total and like everything else. It was it had something to do with the way they budgeted this film to be shot and, and all of that. But they didn't want to allow Griffin Dunn to play Jack. They were like, you can just find someone else who's here. <laughs> and it was like, no, we're going to use him. I don't know. But wow. Very interesting. Yeah. One last little thing that I did just find in my notes. So uh, right in the middle of the first scene of um, – lycanthropic mishappenings or whatever. So, right, uh, there's the scene in, like, the side yard. There's, like, a park or whatever the fuck that thing is. Uh, And there's just a dude walking around, and he's, like, laughing to himself. He's just, (laughs) is that you, Harry? And then he steps on a severed hand. And he just kind of, like, looks up. (laughs) And then then there's a hard cut to a phone ringing, and you never go back to that. Yeah. Yeah. What the he hell editing is that? What just what the fuck is wrong with that scene? Abrupt abrupt edits. That's like part of it, dude. <laughs> I guess. But yeah, you never see anything about that character ever again. Nah. Doesn't it matter. One more very minor issue. Oh god. How do they get off the road? Where the fuck are they walking to that's not on the road when they leave the slaughtered lamb? Well, and beyond that, if a group of natives tells you to stay off the moors. You don't just leave and immediately go to the fucking moors. Well, it's not even that they went to the moors. Where do they think they're going that's off the road? They don't know where they're going. They're trying to walk to the next town or whatever. Well, don't leave the road for yeah, any doesn't, reason. Doesn't seem like a good strategy. I agree. Doesn't seem like a good strategy at all. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. Ratings. We over at A to Z Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Rob Brydon would rate how quickly Michael Caine speaks. I can't go fast because Michael Caine talks very, very slowly. And for 10, think of how Han Solo would rate how Tauntauns smell on the inside. Uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Uh. Story is the first category in which you rate these movies. Mark! This was your pick, because you hadn't seen it. Rate the thing for story. Uh, yeah, I would just like to revisit here that I perfectly synopsized this in 30 seconds. I, I gave this a 7. <laughs> uh, it's a solid story, but it is a little bit meandering, including the number of dream sequences that they did kind of makes the thing a little bit hard to focus on. Um, but aside from that, I mean, you know, how many werewolf movies are there out there? And this is obviously one of the more well-known ones, so... Got to give it props for that. I, I went with seven. I, I think you you hit it right on the head there. I completely agree. This movie isn't one that lives or dies by its story. The story's obviously solid enough and well done enough to keep you going through it. But with the number of asides and dream sequences, it's not the sole focus. It doesn't need to be. It's seven. Jake? I'm going to go an eight. 
I mean, same reasons as you guys, really. I think that it is relatively charted ground at the point in time when it came out. Like, you have your tried and true werewolf formula. They mention those. They make jokes about those. And they do weird, unique shit, which ultimately I think is a major boon for the movie. So that's why I'm giving it that extra point. Okay. World building and immersion is the second category in which we rate these movies. Mark, what is your world building and immersion score? And Jake is being bombarded by my unprofessional dogs. I'm being molested by two lycanthropes. Oh, Oh, you heard one of them right there. Wow. (laughs) He did not like to be called a lycanthrope. (laughs) Mark, what's your world building and immersion score? I gave it a five. Uh, Like I said, with the story, it's a bit meandering, which makes the whole thing kind of slow moving. Uh, The other thing that kind of sticks with me with these, especially with these older movies this one in particular, the audio track sounds like it's dubbed over the actual like film. Uh, <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised. I, I mean, I, I don't think they actually filmed on set based off the quality of the audio. I would bet that they kind of did and then dubbed it over later. I'm not really sure how that type of shit works in older movies, but that's what it sounded like. And when there's audio mis- mismatches and stuff like that, and like it doesn't sound like they're in a room, it sounds like they're on a soundstage, that type of stuff bothers me to some extent and beyond that like it's such an absurd movie that i'm not sure it really wants you to be that immersed in what's happening so i i went with a five i feel like that's fair wow, okay that's that's fair i went with an eight okay um, oh i i get oh. your issues and, and i completely agree about the sound especially watching this one on netflix um it's one of those where i need the tv to be at its maximum possible volume for the the speaking parts and then down to 10 percent of its volume whenever something's happening like explosion or car crash wise it's impossible to regulate that consistently and so that took me out of it this time a little bit but that's one of the only things that does i am enthralled with this movie i pay attention to it every time it's on screen it i've seen it so many times now that i can walk away and say all the lines as they're happening but i'm when I sat down to watch it, it drew me the fuck in. So it's it's an eight. It's a high score. Jake. Thank you. I was waiting. <laughs> baton needs to be thrown. Um Well, wait, 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 wait. You never throw a baton. That'll get you disqualified. Yes. Yeah, you gotta true. hand the just baton pa- off. Just hand it. Yeah. <laughs> Tidily. He handed me the baton untidily. True. Did we scratch? Jesus, this is getting too deep into track and field rules. Yeah, I know, that's that needs to not happen. Uh, I guess I disagree. I don't feel like I disagree, but I guess I do in practice. Uh, I'm going with a four and a half for immersion. Wow. This, I mean, this is a movie that is trying to be weird in so many different ways and do things that are abnormal. It's kind of the Landis way. And as a result, I am ripped out of the movie and I love it. And everything that I'm doing that rips me out is laughing hysterically and like high-fiving with my buddy next to me and recounting the line that just happened or talking about what just happened. But as a result, I miss bits of the movie because of what I'm doing. And that's, I think, a positive thing. But in terms of me just being glued to the screen the whole time, not the greatest. Fair enough. The world-building side, I would say, is, is pretty high just in terms of its uniqueness. But as a result, I'm not necessarily that immersed from a traditional standpoint it's an interesting one for this category maybe it's how used to landis films i am that landis films feel so much more normal to me uh and so it doesn't pull me out they feel like landis films yeah and 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 that's fine but i'm not gonna i i every time i I turn on animal house i'm staring at the screen the whole time you know i'm into it but i'm into it in a sense that like i'm thinking about what's happening and like the joke that just happened rather than 
I am engrossed in the plot of this movie and what happens to the characters. Fair enough. I, from a traditional standpoint, I don't think this deserves a high score. I think it's slightly below average, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's really hard to describe. Yeah, I'm sticking with it. God damn it. <laughs> All right. All right. That uh, scare factor is the next category. Mark, what's your scare factor rating? I gave it a three. Ultimately, this is more silly than scary. This is a funny movie. It, it does have some jump scares in the dream sequences. And I guess if you're into like body horror type stuff, the transformation scenes could get at you. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, this is a comedy, not a scary movie. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I gave it a four. I, I agree with you for the most part. I do think there's a little more fright in the chase scene in the subway with the business guy. Than, that's pretty traditional. Then you gave credit yeah. to that's that's just fright, and that's pretty good. It's well done. That whole sequence is handled really well. Yeah, the transformation is kind of cringy in a body horror way, and I like that. That's but it's it's not a scary movie, so yeah, it's it's a four. Jake, I I guess I'll just to be different go three and a half. Of course, <laughs> I agree with you guys. I mean, <clears throat> I everything you said is valid. All right, uh, that leaves us with our penultimate category: effects or judicious lack thereof. Mark, I think I'm gonna get that tattooed on my body somewhere. Just Jake colon everything you've said is valid. I like that. It makes me feel good <laughs> about myself. It's the first time you ever heard that. I like that you're getting Jake's name tattooed somewhere on your body. Yep. It's very sexual. <laughs> Again, at least. Um, effects is going to be a nine for me. Um, this, I, I guess I was aware of the transformation because of the cue card or whatever, but yeah, yeah ultimately the practical effects in this movie are fucking great. Uh, honestly, the transformation scene is cool, but the early scene with Jack after he's maimed, like he's dead, but it's his ghost or whatever, and you see how maimed he is, is incredible, dude. Those effects are amazing. The flappy yeah. little, ju- there's like one tiny piece of skin that just flaps as he talks yeah. the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's such so a good small, touch. but it's, it's like, such blah, 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 a good blah, blah, touch. Blah. Yeah. Um, I already knocked it a little bit for sound effects and immersion. I'm going to keep it lumped into that category and not double hit it here. And beyond Score. that, the, the only other gripe I really have is that when Jack has completed his transition into just full skeleton, he, the skeleton itself looks good, but the like, mismatch of the sound that's coming out with the skeleton like the voice of the skeleton and like just the like the jaw is just flapping viewers are intuitively aware of what a tongue does when people speak and there's none of that happening there (laughs) exactly so that that is basically the only reason i can really point to that this thing isn't getting a higher score a perfect score so that's interesting i gave it a perfect score this is a 10 for me in effects or just lack thereof i do see what you're saying but I think that this movie so perfectly uses effects and then so perfectly chooses not to when it clearly can. The transformation scene is amazing. It's a combination of prosthetics, robotics, makeup, and everything else they could do. They're so good at it. And then they choose not to, to the benefit of the movie, to not show it in every scene when it's chasing people because it's scarier not to show it when it's chasing people through the subway. That is so brilliant and so well done that it overcomes the the minor issues i have with some of the effects to this this is a 10 this is up there this is all time best fair enough that takes it to jake i feel like a bit of a sorry i'm continuing to just get maimed by a werewolf over here jake's excited uh my my dogs are excited jake's here that doesn't usually happen yeah um I feel like a bit of a broken record going back to the scare factor where you guys said everything and I just wanted to give it a different score. I don't think it's perfect. 
but it is right up there with the best of all time. I'm going to go nine and a half. The only thing you haven't said, really, and we've talked about it so far, is... Mark, I'm going to fucking justify it, okay? The only... (laughs) Well, you've never given anything a 10, ever. That's not why. (laughs) The only thing you guys haven't talked about, but we've talked about during the podcast, is the licensed soundtrack. Is a fucking 10. Right? Well, no, it would be a 10 if they used Werewolves of London. No, No, I I actually kind of like like that he didn't. (laughs) I like that that humor's built into it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The only thing that is... I'm not going to say the only thing, but one of the things that's slightly amiss when the decapitation scene happens, if you look hard enough, you can actually see the operator. Okay. Like, chomping down on the, that's part of the mechanical elements that were designed. Wow. So, bit of a miss. That's really getting into the weeds. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we did it. Reviewed. No, that was only our fucking kidding me. We have a whole category. I've had a number of these Shiner Box, Jake, and my dog is freaking out over here. She's really interested in you being here. So that leaves us with our, the actual rating, the, the one people want to hear about. Overall, Mark, what's your overall rating? I gave this a six, and I feel like you guys are going to be mad at me about that. Are you fucking Whoa! kidding me? I feel like you guys are going to be mad at me about are that. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Fuck you! Here's here's the thing. I, I feel like this is a movie that will get better with repeated viewings. Yep. When you first see it, as I just did... And you go in cold, not expecting a werewolf movie, and you're blindsided with werewolves with submachine guns and 45 second long car crash pile up scenes. Oh, so sorry, expecting a werewolf movie. Yes. Not not expecting a werewolf movie. Expecting a werewolf movie, okay. and you get okay. you get something that's like utterly absurd. Uh, it it kind of creates a little bit of a cognitive dissonance. Uh, that took I, me out of it a little I bit. I understand that. So that I, sense. I'm giving this a six, based off the fact that this is the first time I've seen it. I think if I were to watch this a bunch more times, specifically like with you guys in the room, uh, it would that score will probably go up. But so you reserve the right to change this one in particular. You're you're slapping a PSA on this one. Yeah, I mean, I guess just watching this uh, with with my lovely wife, and I don't think she had seen it either. Just watching this for the first time. It was it was good, but it wasn't like stupendously good. So I went with a six. Um. Okay. I'm less mad at you than I thought I was going to be. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, this one is a nine for me, and that's a, that's a tilt up from my score. This is one of my yes. favorite horror movies of all time. It's so fun every single time I watch it. It's fucking hilarious. It's fucking brutal. It's terrific. This is. One of the all-time great horror movies. Eight, I don't have... I can't say much more about it. It's a nine. It's great. Yeah, I gave it an eight and a half for pretty much the same reasons. Like I said earlier in the podcast, this is on my annual rotation at bare minimum. I, I could very well be watching it two or three times a year. I just fucking love this movie. Mark? Okay. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> Good. Why don't you marry it? Can... Maybe I will. <laughs> I, you know what? I You know what I think that means, though? You have to be the guy to talk about why you shouldn't watch this with your buddies and you shouldn't drink beers with your buddies and you shouldn't do those things that we all love doing. Mark hates fun. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't watch this movie if you hate fun. I, look, I'm, I'm going to abdicate. I'm going to, whatever. I, no, you should watch this movie with your buddies. It's great. <laughs> you lose. You lose there's, that game. There, but as trying. we said with Sauna, the only knock we can really have here is that there's an uncomfortable amount of dong hanging. You get sideball, you get side sack. You get side shaft. <laughs> that's Maybe uncomfortable. You and your buddies for are into that. Yeah, I'm not going to judge. I mean, that's 
whatever. Different strokes. Which leaves me to say why you should drink beers and watch this with your buddies. A lot of bush, too. <laughs> and you should do that because this movie is... It's like a button in a fur coat. God damn it, Jake. God damn it. This movie is a tremendous amount of fun. My ratings encompass it. It's a fucking blast. It's even better with friends. Every line is quotable. It's fucking hilarious. Drink beers. Watch this movie with your friends. Have a fun time. You, It's guaranteed fun time. Yeah, don't be an asshole. Yeah. Let's no get the one fuck likes an out of here. All right. This was episode 40. Whoa. Wow. Hello. We're getting to, that's another milestone of the A to Z Horrorcast. I'm sorry. I'm still being molested by these wolves. Yeah. There's dogs here. Yeah. Wow. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, you can hit us up on A to Z Horror.com or ha- come hang out with us on any of our social channels. And by any, I mean on either Twitter or the Horamino app. As always, this is uh, coming at you. Specific horror channels, yeah, very specific horror channel. Very, very specific. As always, this is coming at you from the Phantom Podcast Network. To check out all the great shows that are going on over there, head over to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom. And also, as always, the music coming at you in this episode has been from space. That's space without the A. Every link that you can imagine that I just mentioned will be in the description down below. And until next time... Oh, wait. We have a yeah. Movie. Whoa. We, <laughs> we are watching a movie next, next week. time. And next week on the A to Z Horrorcast, you have another Mark pick coming up. Good job, Jack, on making that schedule. Fucking asshole. <laughs> We're going to be taking a look at Final Destination. That's going to be a lot of fun. So until next time, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great week, everybody. should not have dropped shrooms immediately before this.